Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you can text those in right now, 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Well, we, uh, we're down to the final two games of the season. and we, yeah. Dave and I were talking about you know um, New Year's resolutions you'd like to put on the Seahawks. Like I said, I would love to see Pete sort of relinquish some of his command of his coordinators. Let, let the coordinators really show their identity, what they're going to do on both sides of the ball, whoever those coordinators may be. What would your New Year's resolution for the Seahawks be? Uh, just find more talent on the offensive line, find more talent at the cornerback position, I mean, those would be the two main things. And then I guess the uh, your resolution would be to make sure that you don't overdo it as far as the rotation on the defensive line, because I think yes. they did this year. And because of the rotation, I think it held guys back, particularly like Carlos Dunlap. Absolutely. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Bob, I, I don't I don't know if you, you mentioned yours was, for me, it was Pete getting back to punishing running game and a mm-hmm. very, very physical defense. Bob's was leave, you know, don't, for Pete, don't meddle with the, the coordinators. But, yeah, there, it's this is going to be, John, I think this is going to be a really interesting off season. Like, this might be, uh, we might be talking about this uh, more than Jadavian Clowney. Remember the Clowney oh, off yeah. season, John? That, uh-huh. was, that was quite treacherous. This is going to be, uh, <laughs> I'm, I expect huge changes. Oh, you got seventy-seven million dollars of cap room, so you can you can get some players and guys like that. So it's like they have the ability to sign them. They need to get Quandre Diggs re-signed without question or franchise him. I'd prefer a re-signing than a franchise tag. But uh, you know, overall, you know, they just need to uh, get more talent on this team. John, it, it, as far as uh, what what you want to see in these next two games, I mean, I. The upside is if they lose the games, you're picking higher in the draft, even yeah. though you, you don't have a first-round pick. You're still picking higher in the second, third, all that. Yeah. If they lose, you just uh. feel, you feel worse about a bad season already, and you're picking higher. Well, particularly Where, to your Detroit Lions. To my beloved Detroit Lions that I've, just, I've been bleeding blue yeah. and silver yeah. my whole life. <laughs> but doesn't that – I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that they're gonna they're gonna lose to Detroit. No. I, I want them to beat Detroit, John. Just so we're clear. I understand. But but would you be stunned at this point, based on what we've seen, if they lost to Detroit? At this stage, I'm stunned by nothing. I mean, it's like uh, I was stunned by the Bears game. You know, they had had that game in control. They should have won that game. They shouldn't lost to a bad Bears team, but they did. And so I guess, you know, the Lions do come in. They are competitive. They try to do the best they can. The players seem to be playing for Dan Campbell. But now, of course, you know, they probably won't have Jared Goff at quarterback. And that's going to hurt because you know, now they're going to have to go with the backup Nick Boyle. And so that that can't help them. But overall, I think that, uh, you know, they just need to, you know, just get the win and then see where it is against Arizona. Yeah, so uh, that's interesting. You know, I talked to somebody that, that they were pretty sure that, that he was going to play, but uh, Goff. Yeah, but they is. said, I mean, John Harbaugh said the same thing about Lamar Jackson, and Lamar yeah. Jackson can't even practice. 
Right. I mean, all these coaches say all these positive things. And I'm not saying they're liars, but they mislead. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not telling the truth. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> well, what do you think about golf? Because uh, you know he didn't play. He didn't play last week. I don't right. think uh, against he, he had COVID. He had COVID nineteen. Yeah. So I mean, but the four games before, prior to that. You, they were two and two. Mm-hmm. That's like that's a win streak for the for Bob's Lions. Two and two, right there, baby. <laughs> right. Gotta but love the Lions. He averaged seventy two percent completion percentage, right. nine touchdowns, and just two interceptions. So uh-huh. I mean, uh, there's a lot. There's some to like from Jared Goff. Which some, but again, the last the last two games he hasn't been as good. Early in the season, he wasn't as good. And you know, I think they have to go through the process right now after the season to see if he is their quarterback for the future. I don't know if he's he's going to win that battle. He feels like a for now guy, doesn't he, John? Yeah, yeah. Like for now good, guy. And he's then, a good duct tape guy. He's a good bridge between you know now bridge, and whenever yeah. they draft they draft you yeah. know the next guy, whether it's this year or next. We talked to we talked to uh, who was it? Dave Burkett yeah. from the Detroit Free Press. Good yesterday. friend. Good friend. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. he he was good, and he and he said. I asked him about the talent on the roster for the Lions. He said he felt like they were two drafts away from mm-hmm. being a, a competitive team. you agree with that? Yeah, and of course, I mean, one of the things that Dave did, I don't know if he told you, but he said there's no playmakers on defense, none. And so because of that, I mean, it's not not that they're a terrible defense, but they don't have playmakers, and that does hurt. John, do you think uh, Dan Campbell is one of the bigger surprises as far as a head coach? Now, obviously not his record. Yeah. But just the – I think he's won people over. And, Bob, I I felt like, yeah, with Burkett and I talked to another guy – that you know they they all have kind of, he's kind of won them over and just because uh, it's funny when you go to look at his uh, at the Detroit Lion website yeah. he's got like a jacket and tie on and his tie is totally crooked uh-huh. which uh, <laughs> I can relate to uh, yeah but, uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't say he's one of the better ones I mean obviously this whole class of coaches has not done well at all and he's only won two games so yeah. I can't give him a total endorsement winning two games. Well, I'm just saying he was a surprise. I felt like he was one of those guys in the beginning. The things that he was saying, yeah. I didn't think he was going to make it through the season. But the, you know, the the thing is, is that his players uh-huh. love him, and that's they really do. the only thing yeah. that you can say. You can't go off of his record, but his, uh, yeah, his players, and and you know this, John, NFL players can sniff out insincerity. Yeah. If they think he's not sincere, and that's like some kind of a fake act, they're not going to follow him anywhere. No, but I think, you know, a couple of the problems is the fact that, uh, I mean, you look at it, and I know a different game, and this is just games. I'm not talking about the whole season, but there's different games where this team commits too many penalties and dumb penalties and penalties on the, even on the coaching staff. You know, it's like, you know, back-to-back plays on delay a game and things like that. You know, there, there's so many mistakes that's made by this team. Now, one thing with Dan Campbell, whether it's right or wrong, and I'm not big on this, but he obviously is, is that, you know, he's going to go for fourth downs. He's gone for more fourth downs than any coach in football. So it's kind of like Riverboat Ron over in Washington going for the fourth downs <laughs> as often as he possibly can. John, it sounds like, you know, without saying, you know, definitively yeah. that Ben Roethlisberger is, is saying he's this done. is probably it. This he's is done. it. No, he's His done. 18 years. I can't believe it's already been 18 years he's yeah. been in the league. Uh, is, he a, is he a surefire Hall of Famer in your opinion? First ballot, yeah, 100%. And again, when you look at it, 18 years with one team. Uh, stat came out today, 
There's only six players, including Ben, in the history of this game has had 18 years with only one team. Six. Wow. So is he? Where does he rank amongst Steeler greats? Not just quarterbacks. Second. Second. Well, second among second among quarterbacks. He's not going to beat out Terry Bradshaw with four Super Bowls. Right, but just amongst you know whether you're talking about Franco Harris, you're talking about Lynn Swan, you're yeah. just the great Steelers of all time. Is he is he a top five guy in that in that? Uh, I mean, you know, because again, what you're looking at is that they have nine Hall of Famers, particularly from the class of the '70s, and so many of those guys are good. I mean, you know, you have to lean toward Mel Blunt. I mean, you're not going to top uh, Joe Green. Uh, you know, he certainly can top maybe Jack Ham. Uh, you know, Donnie Shell. The uh, safety, so he I mean, he probably is like about five, I think, four or five. Hey, John, I was looking at an article on NFL.com from yeah. Maurice Jones-Drew, who knows a oh, little boy. bit about yeah. playing uh, running back anyway. But he was talking about uh, four or five different running backs that have earned, um, you know, a contract extension. Mm-hmm. One of them, Sony Michelle. He's kind of an interesting. He he never he was a first rounder with the the Patriots, right? That's correct. Yes, and he he didn't really get going, but it sounds like right now, especially down there uh, with the Rams, that uh, that he's on his list anyway. And uh-huh. you know, it, he's had kind of a you know one of those careers, mm-hmm. kind of gives you some hope for Penny, maybe. But I yeah, mean, yeah, he didn't yeah. start off the way that that he wanted to, but uh, but it, it's starting to go now. It's not. I don't know. It's not very often you see a guy where it takes two, three, four years. Usually the NFL is too impatient for mm-hmm. that, but sounds like it's working out for Michelle. Yeah, but of course next year he'll end up being the backup because Cam Akers is coming back from his Achilles tear, and he'll be the starter because, again, they thought he was going to have the breakout year this year, and then, of course, he got the injury and was wiped out for the season, and he's just now at the point where he's you know back on the practice field and doing some things. But uh, Cam Akers is going to be you know the, the main running back, and then Sony can be the backup. And when Cam Akers was – that was an Achilles? I think it was an Achilles, yeah. Is, has that gotten to be more, I don't want to say automatic, yeah. John, but, you know, ACL used to be like the death sentence in the 80s. Yeah. And then, you know, now all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. But has, has that been kind of the case with the Achilles? It's a, it's a tough one because it's hard to battle back from in a year. Uh, you know, in, in the case of Akers, I mean, he's done a great job in being able to get back as fast as he can. But, you know, I, I have to go back because I'm so far behind you know, with Pat being in the hospital, you know, catching up on a lot of the database stuff and all that, because I spend so much time talking to doctors and nurses and things like that. But I think right now, by my count, there should be about 18 Achilles injuries and 53 ACL injuries. Now, the 53 ACL injuries, I think, you know, ties the NFL record for ACL injuries in one season. So it's like yeah. uh, it's been bad for ACLs and Achilles. Wow. Uh, John, uh, again, you guys can text in questions for John, 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, Chris and Winthrop is asking, any free agent O-line uh, guys out there available this offseason that the There's Seahawks plenty. should be There's looking plenty, at? There's plenty, and I haven't, I haven't gone through the list yet. I mean, because, again, it's like not knowing what the prices are going to be and all those different things. I mean, the list is going to be long, extensive. There's more one-year contracts this year, you know, guys coming up with contracts. So I have no idea right now who to even offer. Who, who on the line for the Seahawks do you, you look at and say, you're keeping them no matter what? 
I think if there's a way to keep Dwayne Brown, I think you keep him. If the price is right, maybe you keep Ethan Posick. You know, I think it's going to be hard to keep Brandon Shell because you know he's missed so much time off and on with injuries, COVID, you name it. Uh, so, but I think right now, if there's a way to keep Dwayne Brown, you keep him. Hey, John. As far as I know, you write an article for the Washington Post and stuff. What's what? What are you talking about these days? I mean, is it COVID uh, when you write no. those articles? No, I, mean, I talk football. Yeah, just football. Yeah, yeah. So like, what, for, what's, like this week, yeah. I did the MVP. Uh, you know, the uh, who's who's the favorites for the MVP? And you know, and clearly, you know, Aaron Rodgers is number one, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Tom Brady's number two, and Patrick Mahomes is number three. And then, you know, number five, I think, right now, you have to put, you know, Jamal Taylor, uh, the uh, the running back. For, Jonathan you know, Taylor. Or Jonathan, oh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan yeah, yeah. Taylor, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. And then number six, I have Cooper Cup. Wow. Uh, then number four would be Matthew Stafford. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, imagine a wide receiver winning the MVP. When's the last time that happened? Or has it happened? I don't know if it's ever happened. May have happened at some point. Jerry well, Rice no, ever won it? Jerry, Jerry Rice probably won it, yeah. And you always talk about running backs, too. What do we have to go back for running backs? Adrian Peterson. AP. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's that's amazing. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor, by the way, 1,600 yards rushing, five yards, five and a half yards per carry, man. That. But you know what the big stab with him is, is that you know, the Colts have won nine games so far this year. In 100-yard games, when uh, Taylor has 100 yards, they've won every one of those games. You're 9-0. and Wow. Yeah, and uh, it, it's interesting watching him. Uh, you know, they sure love Frank Reich. Yeah, Boy, those, they those should. Those players there, they, they really do. I mean, he's, he seems like he's one of the more popular. And has Indianapolis been like a destination, kind of like the Seahawks? I mean, I feel like no, but... With uh, with the you know especially when I, I think other players watch yeah. that uh, hard knocks thing, you know if you if you see the way he is and the way his players respond to him, I feel like uh, maybe Indy could be one of those destinations. Yeah, they're a definite definite destination. I mean, the only difference is Chris Ballard is not real big on signing free agents. I mean, he's big on drafting. You know, he's big on making trades. Obviously, you got DeForest Buckner in the trade, which is fantastic. Uh, but he does such a great job. But he's not big on going into free agents. And by the way, I did catch up uh, in the last few, this week uh, with all the hard knocks. So I'm up to date. It's good yeah. show, right? Do you like it? Yeah. I lo- well, sometimes it becomes a, a little bit too much talk, too many meetings. You know, too, uh, not, it didn't happen yesterday, but sometimes too much time in the home front. You know, because you know, what I do, instead of watching it live, I'll tape it, and when you go when you go to the guy's house and have the family and all that stuff, I just run it run it ahead. <laughs> You're not interested in who these people are off the field. No, I mean I'm interested, but it's like I'm not overly interested. I want to get to the meat of things. Okay. Like you know, like on on yesterday's show, uh, you know, it, it took him like tw- uh, 25 minutes to get into it, but then they were able to get into the Arizona game, and that was good. Okay. All right. Uh, John, I see that DeMarcus Ware, yeah. Andre Johnson, and Devin Hester are among the 15 finalists, and those mm-hmm. three are in their first year of eligibility um, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, uh, again, DeMarcus Ware, yeah. Andre Johnson, Devin Hester, any of them have a chance getting in first year? Uh, I don't know about first year getting in, but I think that uh, you know you can certainly say that Ware, Calvin Johnson, 
uh, you know, have a decent chance to make the 10, and then we'll see how they do in the meeting, you know, which is January 18th, as far as where the meeting is, to see uh, you know, where they stand and what people are going to be voting for. But uh, yeah, Willie Anderson has an outside shot. I don't think Hester has one shot whatsoever because, again, he's a special teams player. And you're not going to match up a special teams player like an every-down player like Dave Wyman. What, well, what about one of Dave Wyman's favorite players, Sam Mills, is on the list yeah. still, Zach Thomas, I th- I Patrick think he has Willis? A, I think he has a chance. Because, again, what you're looking at, and all through the voting, there was nine guys that made the 10 last year. All nine guys made it to the, you know, the, all, to the, uh, you know, the 15 this year. Made it to the 25, made it to the 15, and so it's like uh, I think you know because again I think it's going to be Tony Baselli is definitely one of the guys this year that gets in. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe we haven't asked you this yet. I just saw this. Uh, yeah. Patrick Willis. Uh, you mentioned him, Bob. Yeah. Uh, you know, San Francisco 49. How do linebackers do? Because you talk about like the selection mm-hmm. for Pro Bowl that it kind of goes to the pass-rushing outside guys a lot of times. But for, for guys like Sam Mills and Patrick Willis, is, I know it's tough to get in as a safety. Yeah. That's one of those positions. But what about linebackers? Linebackers like definitely have a chance. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the only problem with Willis in, in the current voting is the fact that you know, his career, he cut his career short. And by doing that and going up against you know, a list like this on the 15 is very difficult. Now, in time, he should be able to make it. But I don't know at this stage. I mean, he's not going to make it this year. That's for sure. What about Zach Thomas? Uh, he has a chance. I mean, you know, because, again, great player, made the 10 last year. And, uh, you know, I think there's a big sentiment in Miami for him without any question. So he yeah. definitely has a chance. And, I, I mean, he might have a better chance than Sam Mills. I kind of thought Torrey Holt would get in, but he No, I think he, he will. He's, you think he gets in this year? Yeah, I think he and Reggie Wayne will get in. It's funny you talk about Zach Thomas and yeah. Sam Mills. Those guys were built about the same, right? Mm-hmm. Fire plug, five, man. yeah, five foot, what nine or ten? Yeah, I think Mills was what, what five two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he a little was, taller than yeah, that. Yeah, a little taller than that. He was I like agree. Mugsy Bogues out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. When I saw him play the first time on film, I was like, you know, I always wanted to be like the six four, you know, <laughs> guy. And when I saw him play, I was like, damn, I wish I was shorter. Uh-huh. That guy was <laughs> under everybody. And I knew Toy Cook from Stanford. And mm-hmm. Toy Cook played with him there in that uh, New Orleans defense. And he said that he would just accidentally blow people up in practice. Yeah. Like, you know, because he was so low and he would just roll his hips and just splatter guys and be like, damn, sorry, bro. Here, let me help you up off the ground. Yeah. I mean, that guy was, yeah, he was such a such an interesting player and uh, tragically passed away, mm-hmm. you know, what Gosh, that was a, a while ago. I know. But that was yeah. such a great linebacking core, certainly one oh. of the better ones. Ricky Jackson and all that. Yeah, Vaughn Johnson. Yeah. yeah Pat uh, Swelling on that team. Pat Swelling. Yeah, Pat Swelling. The Dome Patrol. Remember they had that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. John, do you ever – you've been covering this sport forever, and obviously this is yeah. not new, but I think with social media and access to players, we hear about it more and see it. I was just reading this story about Baker Mayfield talking about – the death threats that he's been receiving since he had that game with four interception and his wife getting mm-hmm. threat. I mean, it's just you sit there and scratch your head and go, well, what the hell is wrong with people? I get being upset. You get yeah. mad at your team doesn't play well. But the idea that you're going to take the time to type out a death threat to somebody, and that Terrible. makes sense to you. You're a parent. Terrible. 
you're a sad, pathetic human being if that's who you are. That I agree. And, I mean, thank God he's got State Farm protecting him because that uh, that does help. But, again, that doesn't protect the family and doesn't make him feel good and it doesn't make the family feel good, shouldn't make the Browns feel good. It's just horrible. It is. It's like and like these guys are trying to go out there yeah. and screw things up. Like he, like he's he's screwing your team over on purpose. I mean, it's just, no. people are nuts, man. I know. Has anybody, anybody else gotten a death threat? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just saying – in this group, because I got one when I was in Denver. Did you? Yeah, because I had that hit on Hostetler, which uh-huh. I didn't mean to do. And, uh, yeah, so this guy from upstairs comes down and goes, hey, I have to tell you this. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. Because, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah of yeah. course. But they're like, These, they never follow through. He's got done what he wants to get done, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. to scare you. But you did get a death threat. And I have to say, like, when I was pulling out of the parking lot and whatnot, I was a little paranoid, man. I mean, it, it was obviously just some idiot who probably couldn't even, you know, pull a trigger or do anything anyway. But or, I mean, or even spell his name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, it was kind of. I mean, I had a wife and a baby at home. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was uh, very disconcerting. Weird, I'll say that. Understood. Uh, yeah, I felt bad just... for for Baker. I feel bad for any player or entertainer, somebody that, you know, dis- they're more disappointed than any fan could be, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. the fan is, is attacking them like they did it on purpose to ruin their life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to threaten your life or your family. Horrible. What a, what a pathetic, cowardly move. Anyway, uh, I was just reading that story. It made yeah. me nuts, John. Made me nuts. Um, are you... Uh, you doing the show this Saturday? I was planning to. I was going to do two hours, but staffing issues prevented it. So no show on Saturday. No show. Ah, yeah, yeah. We're well. We're at home. We're, we're yeah. yeah. No, we just don't have enough staff right now to carry through this. Uh, you know, January first weekend. Oh, all right. Is it well, snowing at anybody else's house? It's snowing yeah, it's, right. It's snowing it's, right here right now. Uh, yeah, it's snowing out uh, here in West Seattle. Pretty much so. had it with the snow. Yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done with yeah. the snow. Uh, John, all right, we'll have a very happy new year, John, and we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, football players don't watch football games like the rest of us do. And Seahawks cornerback John Reed will explain that and more. He's going to join us for our player spotlight. Coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.